The following is a fourth hand production. 15, 64, 50, 80, 90, 90, 90. Hey, you guys. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Welcome to a very Brady podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Tack. And with me, as always, is the other host of the show, Jimmy Klein. Well, hello, hello. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, Tack. And on this podcast, we celebrate the iconic TV show, The Brady Bunch, as we break down the bunch one episode at a time. We take the episode, Jimmy, we break it down, we make it feel insignificant, throw it on a teeter-totter and tell it to do something great, only to rip it off before it has a chance to succeed all for you the listener exactly on today's episode we take a look at season three episode 14 entitled the teeter-totter caper if you haven't watched the episode please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing you don't have to but it might be a hell of a lot more funny if you do the ready bunch is available to stream on hulu cbsl access and amazon, amazon prime, prime. That was a good one. It was a good one. You dig? <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that's funny. <clears throat> this episode's all about uh, world records or Ginsburg world records. Well, a world record. A world. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, it discusses it. So, like, you, those were like the coolest books, like at like the book fairs, like every yeah. year, yeah, <laughs> elementary school, like. I want to look at the Guinness Book of World Records. It was just like the coolest book. I still ever. have a couple around the house. They're like 2001's Guinness Book of World Records, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. So I made a fun little list for us to go through real quickly, okay. if you don't mind. <clears throat> so let me pull it up. It's basically, um, this is unusual world record lists. Okay. So. Here we go. So the most Big Macs consumed in a lifetime, which I think is kind of a weird one. How, because, how would you prove that? Right. That's what I thought too, but it was done by Donald Gorsk. Oh, well, of for, course. No, I don't know. I don't know. For, <laughs> 40 years of binging. Uh, on October 11th, 2012, guess how many burgers he ate and, you know, uh, in, within a span of 40 years. Jeez. Um, I would say 1,600. I don't know. <laughs> On October 11, 2012, he ate his 26,000th burger. God, I bet it's disgusting after that much time. <laughs> well, I think he like bought them like that day. So. Oh. Yeah. So the most piercings is done by this Brazilian woman, Elaine Davidson. 4,225 piercings. I guess you could say she has a... Brazilian piercings. She must have huge ears. <laughs> well, they were like everywhere. <laughs> well, I'm sure her ears are everywhere. If she had 40,000 piercings in them. <laughs> 4,000. Oh, 4,000. Right. Lar- <laughs> largest collection of rubber ducks. 5,631. <laughs> largest garden gnome collection. 2,042. Wow. This one's interesting. Here you go, Jimmy. Because I know you've you've asked about this recently, and so oldest male stripper. Oh yeah, yeah, is Bernie Barker. Oh yeah, Bernie. Stri- yeah, of course. I watch his <laughs> YouTube channel. Started stripping <laughs> at age sixty. 
He won over 40 contests. Good for him. But sadly died at the age of 66 to prostate cancer. Um, what was he doing? What do you mean? Um, that was a oh. joke. Sorry, was bad. <laughs> Longest kiss ever was this Asian couple. I, I, I don't have they have Asian. They have contests for that. It sounds disgusting, but can you, do you know, guess how long this kiss lasted? I'm seeing I'm probably like four days. It lasted for 58 hours, 35 minutes and 58 seconds. Wow. That's disgusting. So that's a little <laughs> over two days. Okay. Uh, the world's longest condom <laughs> was, oh, I can a, show it to you. Yeah, was 72 feet long. It Jesus. was made for like a marketing campaign. Uh, it went over this monument, similar to like the Washington Monument, but it wasn't okay. the Washington Monument. But it was like this some some marketing campaign for you know safe sex or whatever. Huh. Uh, or most <laughs> most crushed apples in a bicep. You know, you take an apple and you crush it in your arm. Oh God, I'm so glad you don't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so this is done by a Texan. Can you, <laughs> this one was a, a little so surprising. Shocking. This is my it, shock face. Can you see it? <laughs> this one was a little surprising. So. Okay. Um, and this is in a minute? There's no time. Oh, there's <laughs> so, no time. Oh, okay. Which is weird. It doesn't say a time. Like, so like over the course of 40 years, you know, like exactly, the burger yeah. thing, you know, I've crushed a lot more than that. Uh, I, I assume it was a time, but I must've missed that part of it, but. Guess how many apples were crushed in, get ready for this, her bicep, Lindsay oh, wow. Lindbergh, Texas native. I'm going to say 3,000. Right. You'd think something like that, right? Yeah. Eight, yeah. eight apples <laughs> in her bicep. What? Right. Okay. It must be a time thing. I don't know, but it's weird. Huh. And this is for able-bodied people, right? <laughs> Yes, they don't have like a special Guinness Book well, World Record. Well, because there's only eight apples, I wasn't sure. So. Yeah. Oldest living man. Um, can you guess how old he was when he passed away? He passed away. But. Probably like 124. Uh it says Alexander Image. This is actually a little interesting on his little bio here, who holds a PhD in zoology, was born in Poland, but fled when Nazis took over in World War II. Okay. Survived a slave labor camp in Russia and eventually moved to U.S. in 1951 and became an author on parapsychology. Uh, sadly, he did pass away on June 8, 2014, at 111 years old and 100, wow. 111 years and 124 days old. And this isn't one of those bullshit ones where it's like, and they can't find his birth certificate or he was never issued one. It's just rumored <laughs> no. that he was that old. <laughs> no, it was confirmed. Nice. Uh, most expensive dessert in the world. This is the last one. Okay. Oh, well, I've, I watch a bunch of random YouTube channels, like, like stupid shit. Yeah. And there was one that had like some kind of gold leafing on it or something like that. And I think well, it was like in the thousands, it was like 20 or $30,000, something like that. It sounds about right. Um, there's a lot of things that have gold leaves in it, but this is, uh, yeah, it's called the frozen, lots of R's frozen. Uh, hot chocolate ice cream sundae and served in serendipity in New York city. Okay. And it's $25,000. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So here's a little bit of the ingredients real quickly. It's a fine blend of 28 different cocos decorated with 23 carat ed edible gold, 
served in a crystal goblet that has an 18 karat gold bracelet with one carat white diamonds, eaten with a golden spoon decorated with white and chocolate covered diamonds. Do you get to uh, keep the spoon? Colored, uh, I'm not sure. Hmm. Which can be taken home. And here's the cool part. All the proceeds go to charity once wow. somebody orders it. So, <clears throat> If you bought that, would you share it? <laughs> Fuck no. Hell no, that, I wouldn't either. It's not very big either. It's like, like a scoop of ice cream. <laughs> like, tell you what, you can fish the gold flakes out of my shit. How about that? <laughs> oh my God. Hey, it's real <laughs> gold. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. Cool. So we're going to start recording? Um, oh, no. We're going to take our first break. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, don't do that. Now let's take our first break, and when we come back, we're gonna get into this and see who who in this episode decides to go for a world record. Hmm. Probably Mike and Carol. They don't. Oh, I thought it was a sex move. Okay. <laughs> we'll be back. Insulting people. These are potential listeners. Yeah, I'm so sure. Happy horror coffee break, old time horror radio show. We take the best and worst Woo! creepy pasta stories online, and our finest of quality reenactors perform them for you in the style of old timey horror radio dramas. Everyone knows it's just you disguising your voice poorly. No, it's not. Besides, we have an abundance of great guests. There's music and t-shirts. And a bunch of dick and fart jokes. You're not wrong. <laughs> Catch us at all the major podcast thingamawoppers. We're on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Schlapstick, Hard Knockers, and the rest. Idiot. Tune in every other Friday. There's a new episode. Or just stick your head in an oven. Same difference. Aries. <laughs> we need to have a little chat. <laughs> Toodles! The fourth hand joint. And we're back. All right, so we got the Brady Bunch Season 3, Episode 14, entitled The Teeter Totter Caper. Let's get into a facts about the episode. It first aired on December 31st, ooh, New Year's Eve, 1971. Written by Joel Kane and Jack Lloyd. Directed by Russ Mayberry. Oh, Andy. <laughs> According to IMDb. When Bobby and Cindy learn of the record, the television announcer states that the world record teeter-tottering time is 124 hours. However, there was no world record at the time. According to Guinness World Records in 2003, two women, Brandy Carby and Natalie Svenbold, set out to set the record and were told by uh, Guinness World Records that there was no record, so to set one, they would have to go for 24 hours. The two women decided to set the record so nobody would break it and teeter-tottered for 75 hours and 10 minutes. That time still stands as the world record today. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. 
I smell a challenge. <laughs> right. One thing I learned too, I was, when I was in a band up in Jacksonville, I wanted to do something interesting that would kind of put our band out there, like in the news. So I thought about, I talked to the guys and I was like, hey, what do you guys think about doing like a world record, like band performance or something like that? You know, so I started looking into it. Like, how do you do that? Like, you can't just do it and then go, hey, we did it, Guinness. Exactly. And then they go, They cool. have to either be present or I think you have yeah. to notify them beforehand and they have to, and, you, and it has to be recorded and then submitted and all that kind of stuff. Exactly, yeah. You have to let them know ahead of time. They have to approve it. Then they have to be present for all of it. And they will come right. with all these different rules and stipulations. Like, okay, you're allowed to do this. There has to be this. You're allowed to take this many breaks at these times. And right. it's, all these rules are laid out and they have to witness everything. So so even if they did break it, there's no way Bobby and Cindy would have gotten it anyway because nobody like witnessed it. <laughs> so. Right. All right. So you ready? <clears throat> yep. We fade in. We open up with Alice and Carol in the kitchen. Carol sitting at the table looking through the mail says... Isn't it marvelous, Alice? My cousin Gertrude is finally getting married. Alice says, for her, it's marvelous. For me, it's miraculous. <laughs> Just then, Mike walks, in with, <laughs> Mike walks in with his briefcase and kisses Carol on the cheek. Carol says to Mike, Gertrude is finally going to get married. Mike, surprised by the news, says, your cousin Gertrude? Carol says, the one and only. Mike jokingly says, quick, the chair. Um, I may faint. Carol hands Mike the invitation and says the wedding is a week from Sunday. Meanwhile, Cindy and Bobby, overhearing the nuptials conversation, walk in and Cindy asks, Gee, a wedding? Do I get all dressed up? Bobby asks if he has to wear a dumb old tie. Carol says, Oh, I'm sorry, kids. The invitation is just for the grown-ups. Cindy asks, Not us kids? Carol goes on. Well, Marsha and Greg are going. But they're older. And uh, Jan and Peter are going too. <laughs> Carol then nudges Mike to help her out in this conversation. Bobby asks, what about us? Mike, while reading the invitation, says, well, there's a reception afterwards, and I think Gertrude thinks you're too young to stay up that late. Carol, trying to make them feel better, says, besides, you won't find it that interesting. Mike adds, you'll have a much better time at home. Alice chimes in and says, sure, the three of us will watch TV, play games, and have a lot of fun. Bobby just rolls his eyes in disappointment, and he and Cindy sadly walk off. Mike and Carol just look at each other. Okay, to make it clear, Jan and Peter are by no means grown-ups. <laughs> right. Like, by no stretch of the of the imagination, and neither are Marsha and Greg. So, really, right. it's that they don't want... They don't want Bobby and Cindy there. It's not that it's not grownups. It's like, okay, they don't like you. They don't want you there. Um, (laughs) Because Peter's only like a couple of years older than Bobby. So it's not like he's in two years, suddenly Bobby's going to be a grownup. That's stupid. Was Peter (laughs) a grownup when the show started? You know what I mean? Um, But also, why do they have so much damn mail? I don't know. She has like a freaking pile of mail sitting there in front of her that she's going through. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I didn't notice that. Yeah, I thought it was kind of fucked up, though, that they they basically singled Bobby and Cindy out. That's Yeah. I didn't like that. Yeah. Scene two. Upstairs in the boys' room, Peter and Greg are working on Marsha's radio to try to get it to work again. 
just then Bobby comes in and asks to help. Greg says, well, it's kind of tricky. Peter adds, yeah, it's too technical for little kids. Bobby adds, well, I can hand you tools and things. Greg blows them off. Whoa. Greg blows them off and says, maybe some other time. Bobby, disappointed, leaves the room. Oh. Um, Yeah, they're fixing a radio with a pair of pliers. And they're telling him it's too technical. <laughs> That's like banging on it with a hammer saying, I don't think you can do this. <laughs> we so. have to bang on it just right. So apparently. <laughs> Scene three. Next, Marsha and Jan are painting a chair out in the carport. Cindy attempting to help, but Marsha says, no, Cindy, it's too hard for you. You're, you can't use a brush on a chair. <laughs> <laughs> I know they teach you, you know, they taught you painting in kindergarten, but this is different. This is, you know, like wood and stuff. Cindy asks, but why can't I help? The chair goes in my room too. Jan adds, look, Cindy, this isn't a game. If you mess up the paint, we're going to mess up your face. No, I didn't say that. We're going to have to do it all over again. Will I ruin it? No, we can fix it. We just don't want to. (laughs) Now Cindy, disappointed, walks away over to the swing set and sits down. Just then, Bobby walks over and sits on the teeter-totter, also looking sad. Cindy sees him and gets up and walks to the other side of the teeter-totter, and they both sit and begin to go up and down. Bobby says, Peter and Greg won't even let me help them fix a dumb old radio. It's too tricky. Cindy adds, I can't even help paint a chair. Bobby says, we aren't even important enough to go to a wedding. Cindy says, why can't us little kids do things that are important too? Bobby lights up and says, hey, that gives me an idea. Cindy asks what it is. Bobby goes on, let's do something important. That'll show him. Cindy asks, like what? Bobby thinks and says, like, I don't know, but I'll think of something. Cindy smiles and says, yeah. You know, after after all, they are toddlers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What are they going to do? Shouldn't they have painted, like, shouldn't they have primed that chair before they painted it? Mm -hmm. Because it's got, like, stain on it. Or, like, shouldn't they have sanded it or something first? It had, like, I don't remember what, I didn't pay close attention to what it looked like before, so... I mean, they're like, you might fuck it up. No, let us do this. And they're they're not even doing it right. Um, like maybe but, taking the old paint off. Yeah. But also at three minutes and 59 seconds, the camera gets bumped. <laughs> That's kind of funny because they're, they're going up and down. All of a sudden you see the camera go boom like that. It's funny. <laughs> I didn't see that. <clears throat> Scene four. Meanwhile, later, Bobby and Cindy are still thinking in the backyard. They swing on the swing set and Bobby says, boy, I know something that would make us really important. Cindy asks what it is. Bobby goes on, but we can't do it. Cindy says, well, maybe we could. Tell me. Bobby, really using his brain, says, wouldn't it be great if we could stow away on a spaceship? Oh. Cindy, smiling, says, spaceship? (laughs) Wow. Bobby adds, we'd be the first little kids on the moon. Cindy, disappointedly, says... But even if we could, mom and dad wouldn't let us go. Mm. Bobby agrees and says, yeah, they probably wouldn't let us climb the Alps either. Mm. They both think for a few seconds when Bobby says, well, 
I'm tired of thinking. It's almost time for Cartoon King on television. They both smile and run inside. I remember Cartoon King. Bobby should be like, that's my buddy. You know, I was on his show. <laughs> um, why do they have matching shoes? Are they the the like the blue like topsiders? Yeah, they're like they're like kids. Yeah, like the blue topsiders. Yeah, I don't know. Tops topsiders. <laughs> yeah, that's what. Well, Is that's that like docksides? Whatever they're like. Yeah, they're for like boats. They're for boats and stuff. <clears throat> they have like a non-skid bottom. Um, like in the navy, we had. Um, if you were going to be walking topside on the boat, like mm-hmm. when the boat's moving and stuff, like Wouldn't when you, you first drown? go out at sea. No, not when you first go out at sea. <laughs> <laughs> For listeners who don't know, I was on You're submarines. on a sub, man. <laughs> like you drowned. So when you first leave the port, you have people topside like handling lines, stuff like that, you know. And when you're up there doing that, you have to switch into shoes just like that blue topsider is what they call them. Huh. Special like non-stick stuff on the bottom. Cool. So, yeah. And isn't that the kind that um, Mr. Rogers wore? <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. No, for real, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Scene five. Inside the family room, Bobby and Cindy turn on the TV and sit down. Bobby says, I thought of something else we could do. Wouldn't it be great if we could go to New York and climb to the top of the Empire State Building? Cindy (gasps) says, I bet lots of people have climbed to the top of the Empire State Building. Bobby says, but not on the outside. Uh (laughs) Oh, unless you're a monkey. And he goes, (laughs) (laughs) He do be doing that. Like Donkey Kong or Donkey Kong. Wow. King Kong. (laughs) (laughs) Scene six. In the kitchen, Alice is working on dinner when Marsha and Jan walk in. Marsha is carrying a dress and says, Alice, can you raise this hem an inch? I want to wear it to the wedding. Maybe two inches. Um, She she wants her hem raised to go to a wedding with family members. (laughs) <laughs> right. <laughs> Why? Why does she like? Uh, is there like that uncle that like? I don't know. I don't want to get too much into it, but like, hey, can you turn this into a shorter skirt, Alice? Because you know we're gonna be around family. That I haven't only, seen in a while. The only way this would make any sense <laughs> is if it was Jan saying it. Like if if Marsha was. Hey, can you hem this? (laughs) Can you raise this hem an inch for Jan? Because, you know, then it might be Marsha's dress that Jan's wearing. You know, or, hey, mom gave me this dress. Can you raise the hem an inch? Like, that would make sense too, but they already wear like t shirts as dresses. (laughs) And then they want to raise the hem on it too. Right. (laughs) But it's just surprising. It's like, it's to a family wedding. <laughs> I mean, granted, there'll be people there that aren't family, obviously. Right, I got you. But, but she's like 14, wanting to go to right. a wedding to get laid. So. <laughs> right. I want to make sure uh, Cousin Henry is there. I haven't seen him in a long time. <laughs> and then what's funny is this is totally normal for Alice. Alice is like, yeah, sure. But then Greg wants to play football like literally every other high school kid in the world. And holy shit, everybody freaks out. <laughs> No, just Carol. Carol's the only one. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, Alice takes it, the dress, and says, okay, sure. Like, that shit's nothing. Like, it happens every day. (laughs) (laughs) Jan says, isn't it romantic? Cousin Gertrude getting married after all these years? I wonder if I'll ever get married. And everybody (laughs) just laughs. No. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's messed up. Um, Alice sarcastically says, well, I certainly wouldn't start to worry about that if I were you. Here, here you are almost 13 and over the hill. The girls <laughs> giggle and Al- at Alice's joke. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, I, 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 my note only has to do with that hem again. Like, as you grow, you would think that you'd want to lower the hem instead of raise it. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. All right. Scene seven. Back in the family room, Cindy and Bobby are watching TV. They're watching the tail end of a news report. The guy on TV says, This afternoon, two very tired and very enterprising college boys in Farrellville are off to a set record. They've been on teeter-totter for 100 straight hours. They're almost there. The record is 124 hours. 124 hours up and down without a stop. Now there's a record to shoot at. Bobby sits up and says, Did you hear that? Cindy smiles and says, What if we set a new record? Bobby says, yeah, we'll start tomorrow morning. Cindy excitedly nods. (laughs) Um, Do they know that it has to be verified to count? Like that was my only note. Cause I I write the notes in order that I watch it. And my first thing was what we had talked about in the beginning. Like, do they realize it has to be verified? They can't just (laughs) fucking do it. And then Guinness is like, well, who would lie about that? Okay. That's not (laughs) really how it works. I'm like, well, ask my mom. Like, mom, didn't I do it? See? Well, who cares what your mom... Oh, wait, is your mom Carol Brady? Oh, hey, Carol. Yeah, of course. (laughs) See you at the women's club meeting tonight. Um, And if we get the award, can you gift wrap it for me? Well, yeah, (laughs) you're Carol Brady. (laughs) Well, one thing, like... One thing that's kind of fucked up here is, like... (laughs) So these two college boys, like, set out for the record, and they just did 124 hours. They worked hard at that shit, and here comes two little kids. Oh, we're going to break it two days later. Like, oh my God, little dicks. We have we have a world record holder that lives near us. We do, Jimmy? We do. A guy by the name of Anthony Gatto. Who's that? He, um, I think he still holds a couple of juggling world records, but he runs a concrete business in Orlando, much like Mike Lukenland, I might say. Oh. So, I've been trying to, to message him to meet him, but he won't respond. He's a, he probably has too much to do, you know, juggling a bunch of stuff. Um, <laughs> He's got a lot of things uh, going on at once. A lot yeah, exactly. of balls in the air, if you will. <laughs> All right. Scene eight. The next morning, Alice is in the kitchen when Carol comes down and says, I got to get downtown and get Gertrude a wedding present. I sure hope I can get her something different. You know what I mean, Alice? <laughs> Alice agrees and says, yeah, everyone usually gets the obvious things like toasters. Carol laughs and says, I know what you mean. Mr. Brady and I got nine of them. I wasn't sure if we were getting married or opening a restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Just then, just then Bobby and Cindy come running into the kitchen. Alice, uh, Alice asks where they're off to so quick this morning. Cindy says, we got to get started early. Bobby adds, we're setting the new world teeter totter record. Can we mom? Carol smiles and says, sure, kids, whatever. Have fun. (laughs) Bobby and Cindy run off. Carol says, well, I better run off, Alice. I sure hope to find something for Gertrude. You know, she isn't the easiest person to buy for. Alice thinks for a second and says, well, she already has the best gift for a wedding. Carol asks what that is. Alice says, a man. (laughs) Carol just laughs. (laughs) 
<laughs> I wonder if she'll have whatever she gets gift wrapped. <laughs> um, did they not have registries back then? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. I assume they did. Because every time they go into a store in the, in the Brady Bunch, it's like the size of my kitchen. And it's like one person, they seem to know everybody. Hey, Mrs. Brady, you know, that kind of thing. So they can't just like put an index card inside a file box and be like, okay, Gertrude wants this, this, and you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a good question. Huh. C9 outside, Bobby and Cindy are getting ready to begin the event. Mike is leaving for work and Bobby says, hey, dad, guess what we're going to do? Mike tells them that he's running late and they'll talk later. Bobby still adds, we're going to break the world <laughs> teeter-totter record. Mike barely listening says, oh, Cindy adds, mom said we could. Mike not paying any attention says, good for you. Have fun, kids, and leaves for work. <laughs> Mike jots a note, get kids' ears checked. <laughs> Bobby and Cindy come together to get ready. Bobby says, it'll take a long time to set the record. Are your muscles in good shape? Cindy says, I guess so. Are yours? Bobby says, sure, feel this. And he pulls his pants down. <laughs> no. He goes, I mean, he makes a muscle with his arm, and Cindy reaches up and feels his bicep and says, I don't feel anything. <clears throat> Bobby says, well, maybe it's in the other arm. Just then, Alice comes out carrying rugs. Bobby says, hey, Alice, do you have, to, do you have a watch? Alice says, yes. Bobby goes on, tell us exactly what time it is when we start. Alice seems confused and asks, start? Cindy says, for the teeter-totter record. Bobby adds, it has to be official. Alice <laughs> and says, Alice is a Guinness official. Did you know that? Yeah. <laughs> Alice says, ah, official. All right. Alice looks at her watch and says, let's see. It's three minutes after eight and go. Bobby and Cindy start off and begin teeter-tottering. Up and down they go. Alice goes over to the clothesline and starts to hang rugs up to dry when Bobby asks, Hey, Alice, what time is it now? Alice looks at her watch and says, Three minutes and 20 seconds after eight. <laughs> Cindy, being positive, says, Gee, that's 20 seconds gone already. Bobby says, Yeah, we only have to do this about a million more times. I, I like the camera angle on the teeter-totter. Oh, they do like the POV or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They mounted it like in the middle of the teeter-totter looking at, at each kid. I thought that was a really yeah. cool touch. They probably did it at the same time. They probably just mounted two cameras, but I still thought it was a cool thing. Yeah, pretty cool. Upstairs, we see Marsha trying on the dress that Alice supposedly hemmed, but it doesn't look like it to me. She asks Jan to zip it up from the for her in the back. Marsha asks, do you think my dress is short enough now? Jan looks at it and says, yeah, it's fine. Marcia says, are you sure? You think I'll get any dates at this family wedding? <laughs> Maybe Henry from West Virginia. Um, Marcia steps in front of the mirror to see herself when Jan also steps in to see herself. They fight their way to each see a better view. Marcia laughs and says, I'm trying to look at myself. Jan laughs and says, so am I. They continue to play fight to each see themselves. Then they have a pillow fight and start making out. <laughs> <laughs> it was a weird episode. It was different. Yeah, right? Yeah. Just then a knock on the door. Greg and Peter come walking in in a macho fashion. Mm. Greg hands Marsha her radio and says, here's your radio. 
<laughs> That's awesome. That's the greatest line ever. Peter <laughs> Peter proudly pipes up and says, we did it. Marcia says, thanks. What was the matter with it? Greg says, your variable tuner was out of whack. Jan, very impressed, says, wow, and you fixed it? Peter puffs his chest out and says, nothing to it. Greg rolls his eyes and says, nothing to it for him. I fixed it. Marcia smiles at Greg and says, thanks, Greg. Greg smiles and asks, what are you girls all dressed up for? Jan says, well, it's for the wedding. Greg confused says, that's next week. Marcia says, why wait until the last minute? Greg just looks at Marsha and smiles. Peter, realizing something, says, hey, if they're going to wear junk like that, we're going to have to get all dressed up, too. <laughs> Marsha says, well, sure, it's a wedding. It's the most romantic thing that could ever happen in a girl's life. Then she looks at Greg and says, right, Greg. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <clears throat> and then Greg says, <laughs> then Greg says, what about the poor guy? Peter and Greg both laugh. Just roll her. What? Oh, Jan just rolls her eyes and asks, don't you want to get married? Jesus, that's her brother. <laughs> no, she's, not, she's not asking him to marry her. He's, oh, she's okay. just in general. <laughs> Greg says, sure. When I got nothing else to live for, Peter and Greg continue to laugh. Jan pushes on. I mean, don't you want a home and children? Peter says, well, we already got a home and a whole bunch of children. Greg laughs his motherfucking ass off <laughs> at Peter's joke. They both leave. Jan and Marsha just look at each other. <laughs> See, I thought there was a lot of like sexual tension here. So, you know, like when he's like, he's like, Greg hands the radio. He's like, I fixed it. He didn't do anything. I fixed it. Marsha like looks at Greg and just smiles. Yeah. She goes, well, I, Thanks, that's even Greg. one of my notes. She even looks, she Greg. looks at Greg and she's like, Oh, it is your note. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even she's like, that. Sorry. Thanks, Greg. Yo. Yeah. That's heck? why, that's why I added in that joke later where it's like the wedding is the most romantic thing that a girl can do. Right, Greg? <laughs> Any other sibling would be like, finally, what took so long? Um, Didn't they just go to their parents' wedding like three years ago? <laughs> Why are they acting like they don't know the concept of a wedding? Like, wait a minute. You can't wear shorts and a t-shirt at a wedding? Like, did you wear it at dad's wedding? Like, what the, What are you talking about? Yeah, when, when Peter pop, pipes up and he's like, wait a minute, we got to get we gotta yeah. get dressed up too? Like, you mean at like just like three years ago? Yes, you are correct. Um, you get dressed up for everything, like a party. <laughs> you got dressed up house. to go out and play last week. <laughs> Dumbass. Um, why didn't they come in through the bathroom? Why did they go out through the hallway? Oh, well, I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> I, I didn't know. notice that. Because <laughs> the director told them not to. Because yeah, it was <clears throat> in the script. All right, that's all my, that's all my notes. Hmm. Scene 11. Later, we see Alice in the kitchen preparing sandwiches. Carol comes in with a gift wrap box. <laughs> Not mm. for her this time. <laughs> says, Shocking. Well, Alice, I think I got the perfect gift. Something <laughs> I think she'll never have. Alice asks, what? Carol goes on, a silver frog. <laughs> Alice seems confused and says, oh, a silver frog. Well, you're right. It's a million to one shot. She won't even have a green one. <laughs> Carol says, oh, Alice, a frog for flowers. First of all, like, she... 
First of all, I don't know what a silver frog is. She acts like is, this but... shit is normal. Like, you know. Yeah, like, oh, she's come like, on, come on, seriously. I got you know, a silver Like frog. a frog for flowers? Come on, Alice. <laughs> and then she, like, she says it to purposely deceive her. Right. She can make fun of her later. I got her a silver frog. She's like, what are you going to do with a frog? Oh, Alice, you stupid maid. It's for flowers. You you know what that is. You know, I just thought that was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Carol's trying to act like it's all like trendy. You yeah. know, come on. All the kids are buying them now. You know, a flower for, you know, a frog for flowers. Okay. Carol opens the box and pulls out a silver bowl with a, with different inserts and says, see, this part, this part's the frog and she can use this part for flowers or candy or anything. First of all, I didn't know how to describe this thing because I've never heard of this thing before. Mm-hmm. So I just put silver bowl with different inserts. Is that <laughs> kind of, is that a good description? Sure. All right. <clears throat> Alice says, oh, that's nice. Carol noticing the sandwich construction and asks, hey, is someone going on a picnic? Oh, no, this is just a little something for Mr. Teeter and Miss Totter. Carol, seemingly confused, asks, Mr. Teeter and Miss Totter. <laughs> Alice pointing to the backyard says, yeah, they're out to set the world record. Remember? <laughs> Carol says, you mean to tell me they're still on that thing? Alice says, yeah, since three minutes after eight. Carol says, I didn't think they were serious. Of course Alice you didn't, on. Carol. <laughs> Alice Shocking. goes on. Oh, yeah. They couldn't be more serious, sir. Carol now seems concerned for her children. <laughs> Alice is like, fuck Fart. bags and Tupperware. <laughs> <laughs> she pulls that meat out of the fridge and it's just like meat on a plate. <laughs> not, not wrapped, nothing. And then she starts making the kids a sandwich with it. Like, that's disgusting. <laughs> it's like, we don't need no freaking Tupperware. Get that shit out of here. I'm sure they didn't have Ziploc bags back then. I have no idea. I think they sure have they like the other bags that just fold over. Yeah, those? yeah, the ones that nobody knows how to use except grandmas. <laughs> I know how to use it because like you just fold it over. <laughs> it's not like the Ziploc like we have now. Hmm. Fancy space age technology. Have you ever seen the bags like the the grocery bags that they use on TV shows? Now they were talking about it on uh, the Office ladies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I now I can't not see them. I kind of want to order one just to see what it's like. Yeah, like every time now, every time I see them in, in TV shows, I'm like, holy shit, because they are a little bit darker brown. Yeah. And you can tell yeah. that they're not like made of paper. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. All right. Cool. Scene 12. <clears throat> Back outside, we see Mr. Teeter and Miss Totter still going at it. Yeah. Bobby asks, are you getting tired, Cindy? Yeah. Cindy says, not much. You getting tired? Bobby says, No. We're getting closer to that million times. Hmm. Just then, Alice and Carol walk outside bringing sandwiches that Alice made. Carol says, okay, kids, lunch break. Bobby says, we can't stop, Mom. Carol insists, well, you have to have a sandwich. Cindy says, no, we want the record. We've got to keep going. Bobby adds, you said we could set a record. Mm. Cindy reminds her, that's what you said this morning. Carol sighs and looks at Alice. I really said that, huh? Alice nods and says, yep, just before you went out and bought the frog. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Yeah. Alice and Carol pick up sandwiches and drinks and walk them over to them. 
Carol says, well, you have to eat something. She hands them each a sandwich and drinks and goes on. You got to promise me both one thing that you will that you'll stop when you get tired. Okay. They both agree. Carol wishes them good luck and asks, by the way, Alice, what's the old teeter totter record anyways? Alice says 124 hours. Carol shocked repeats it back. 124 hours. She smiles and nods at the kids. Bobby and Cindy continue to teeter totter while they eat sandwiches. The shot with Cindy I like. I don't know if you were paying attention or if you noticed the shot. Mm-hmm. But the camera was stationary. It looked like it was on a tripod. And Cindy is dropping down into the shot and then going up out of the shot. You know, because the, sta- the camera's stationary. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And Carol just reaches in. All you see is her hand reach in with a sandwich. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I the sandwich that. is stationary. And she drops down into the shot and then takes the sandwich and lifts up out of the shot. I was like, that was such a cool shot. Like, <laughs> yeah, I they were really that. being experimented with this with this episode. I really liked it. <laughs> yeah. so, I do yeah. remember that now. Yeah, yeah. But also, they never actually give them the drinks. They just kind of set them off to the side. <laughs> I thought that they gave, they gave him, she gave him a drink first, but then the next shot, they didn't have drinks. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. All right. So this is where we take our next break. So Cindy and Bobby are off to set the world teeter-totter record. 124 hours is a long time. Will they make it? Will Carol butt in and make them quit? Will Gertrude really like the silver frog? We'll be back. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the waste vessel, the Black Swirl. Its ongoing mission to explore strange new stories, to seek out new laughs and new absurdity, to boldly go where no sci-fi podcast has gone before. Welcome to Close Encounters of the Slurred Kind. are back so jimmy yes i know you're attempting the somersaults but you'll get it next time yeah i mean i just i don't i just look silly when i try it i don't know what my problem is i don't know what i'm doing wrong <laughs> so well, it's probably because it? it's probably because it's not summer <laughs> well almost i mean it's springtime so i should be trying back handsprings is what you're saying <laughs> that's exactly what she should okay. do makes sense so what was it you were telling me on break about something about Godzilla? <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the new uh, Godzilla versus King Kong movie? No, I have not. That's an amazing movie. I know you're obsessed with Godzilla movies and I don't know why. I mean, I don't know not either. That, not that I care. It's not that big a deal. I mean, whatever. <laughs> they, they try way too hard to put a storyline into it. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like it would have been better if they're like, okay, listen, guys. King Kong is pissed off at Godzilla. Godzilla's pissed because King Kong said something about his mom, whatever. They're going to fight, and this is what happened. But they try to write into this storyline, and it's and they go into like hollow earth theory and stuff. Like It's really kind of ridiculous, but it's Godzilla. You know what I mean? 
Well, one thing I don't ever get is like they because this is not obviously not the first time they've done King Kong versus Godzilla, but like it's hard to do that kind of a thing because it's like King Kong, first of all, is humanized. You know, he has right, you, right, right. you've seen him have feelings, you've seen him care for people and do things, you know. Whereas Godzilla is just like a monster that, you know, wreaks havoc on a city or whatever. Well, he so it's like not. let me guess, King Kong wins or they band together to kill a common enemy. Well, like know? King Kong, like they take that a step further in this movie. The humanizing of them, they take that a step further yeah. in this. And you're just like, what? Um, and Godzilla, yes, he is like just a monster that destroys things, but he's really not. There's a method and a mad to his madness as to why he does it and when he does it and where he does it. Um, like he represents um, equalizing, like, you know. Um, the natural equalization, like nature wise, that, that's um, <laughs> okay. He, he represents all that. And so, yeah, I really didn't think the conversation was going to go anywhere, but <laughs> 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 that's why I like throwing anything at you. And then you come there back, you go. <laughs> um, which is kind of ironic because in this episode, they're talking about being young and small. And we talked about Godzilla and King Kong. See what I mean? Boom. boom, oh, yeah. together. So that's why I brought it up. I mean, brought that's it together. I brought it up. Boom. You know and it had hmm. Millie Bobby Brown in it, which it's so neat seeing her progress. Cause she started off on stranger things when she was like, what? 11. I mean, I know that was her name, but it wasn't she about 11, 10 or 11. Um, I have something like that. Yeah. And now she's like 17 and she looks like, like an adult actress. Like it's crazy. <clears throat> so it's just kind of mm-hmm. neat seeing, seeing the progression. Always kind of cool. When we left off, Bobby and Cindy feel left out because they weren't invited to a wedding. So they decided to get noticed by attempting to break the world record for longest teeter-totter. Longest, like, time, not, like, the longest teeter-totter. (laughs) (laughs) It was 900 feet long. Even though two college students worked their asses off and said it just the day before. Little dicks. So scene 13. Later in the kitchen, Alice is sitting down at the table writing out a grocery list. Marsha's radio is sitting next to her, and she flips it on. On the radio, a chef says, <laughs> Fucking radio! <laughs> so it flips it off. Sorry. Well, she flipped it on. so She turned it on. Oh, flips it on. Sorry, I thought you said off. <laughs> she turned it on. She started licking it and stuff. <laughs> started on the radio. It, rubbing it against it. <laughs> on the radio, a chef says he's going to share his famous meatball recipe. This excites the hell out of Alice as she goes to grab a pan out and spices as the guy goes on. As she is rustling around to keep up and to find the spices the DJ chef is saying, Cindy calls for Alice. Alice yells back that she's busy, but Cindy insists and says, our record is in danger. Alice is now forced to turn the radio off and go out and help. Why doesn't she write it down on a black... Board. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought the same yeah, exact totally thing. See. Why don't yeah. you just write it down and yeah, then do but it? We saw what happened last time. I totally That's get why. True. She's like, no, hell, hell no, I ain't going to write this shit down. Are you kidding? <laughs> I'm going to make this come shit over now. Here and erase everything. <laughs> so, um, scene 14. Next, we see Mike come home from work and we pan over to see Bobby going up and down on the teeter totter. But then we realize it's not Cindy on the other end, Tack. What? It's Alice. What? Alice says, you know, Bobby, I don't think we're quite even. I seem to have a little bit more ballast on my side. Bobby asks, what's ballast? 
Alice says, it's a fancy word I use because I don't want to call it a flab. Hmm. That'd been funny if Bobby was like, you mean ass? <laughs> mean your fat ass? Is that what it's called? Ballast? <laughs> Mike gets out of his car and walks over to Bobby and Alice. Bobby says, Alice is helping us with our teeter-totter record. Alice says, in the teeter-totter game, I'm what's known as a sit-in. Cindy arrives back out and takes Alice's place. Alice goes on to explain what exactly a sit-in does with the most PC explanation possible. But Cindy says she means when one of us has to go to the bathroom. Mm. Mike watches for a moment and says, you kids are really serious about this, aren't you? Bobby says, yeah, we've gone. We've been going for since three minutes after eight this morning. Cindy says, we're really going to set a new teeter-totter record. Mike says, I certainly hope so. And he walks away. Mm. Wouldn't, wouldn't this disqualify him? Um, not necessarily. Cause there may be like in the official rules, they may say you're allowed like one 10 minute bathroom break every four hours or something. Right. Um, so I don't know. I doubt it because I'm the way I'm thinking of it is it's not a record to see how long they can see. They can make a single teeter totter go back and forth. It's two people teeter tottering. So having a sit in just right. seems like cheating. Right. Um, I, I think having a sit in would be worse than just stopping for 10 minutes and then continuing. Right. But I mean, also, where where do they go to the bathroom? They don't have a toilet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I think she's a liar. I think she just wanted to go rest. Yep, probably. A liar. <laughs> Scene 15. Meanwhile, Carol is in the family room watching the two kids and the teeter-totter. Mike walks in behind her and wraps his arm around her and kisses her cheek. Carol says, Would you believe those two have been on that teeter-totter since early this morning? Mike says, since three minutes after eight to be official. Carol asks, do you think we ought to let them keep going? Mike says, oh, sure. Why not? It's no worse than if we let them spend a day playing in the park. Anyway, you know, kids, one minute they want to do one thing and the next minute they want to do something else. Carol says, well, they certainly had their minds set on this. Mike says, well, it's their minds that are ironclad, but it's the other end that's going to make them quit. They both just laugh. <laughs> he means their butts, if, Jimmy. That'd be funny if Mike was like, it's the other end that'll make him quit. And he looks at Carol, right? She's like, what? <laughs> I said it hurt. Um, I love how they don't take their kids very seriously. Because even at the beginning, you're like, meanwhile, Carol's in the family room watching the kids, you know, from the comfort of the family room in air conditioning <laughs> with a drink in her hand, relaxing. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> scene 16 i noticed you don't have like no notes on any of these i know because i forget to write notes sometimes because <laughs> i write up the whole synopsis you just enjoy watching <laughs> like I shit forget. i'm supposed to be writing stuff down i know and then i'm thinking i was actually going to go back that's why sometimes i watch it twice i watch the each second scene time twice I, that's why it yeah. takes that's why i say it takes me like two hours to do a synopsis because every single scene i'm watching twice I watch one time to go right. through, and I watch the other time for color commentary. That's what I was going to do, but I kind of we were kind of running out of time. So. I can't split my brain up like that. So. Right. So I figured I'll just remember the scene and then comment if I think of something. <laughs> I'll just listen to what Jimmy says and be like, I know. That's what I was going to write. I was, um, I was totally going to say that. <laughs> scene 16. Next, we see Greg, Marsha, and Peter outside in the backyard watching Bobby and Cindy. Marsha asks... 
Aren't you getting tired? Cindy says, well, some of me is. Peter pipes up and says, why don't you quit? It's dumb. (laughs) Bobby defends himself and Cindy by saying, we're setting a record. That's important. Greg jests and says, right. Put an umbrella over them when they get rain, when the rainy season starts. The other kids just laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Peter says, Hey, I got a great idea. We can hitch up the teeter totter with a drill and you'll all, you'll be an oil well. (laughs) They all just laugh again. Bobby and Cindy are not amused. Bobby says, go ahead and laugh. We'll show you. It quickly cuts to Alice, Carol, and Jan cooking dinner in the kitchen. When Jan says, wait until they hear we're cooking spaghetti and meatballs for dinner. That'll get him in here. I thought that was such a weird, like, quick shot, too. Like, just for that yeah. one line. But, I mean, yeah. they don't have anything better than to do than to go fucking around with their with their their kid, <laughs> right. their their siblings teeter-tottering. Like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> no. It's like, None of their jokes you are guys, funny. You guys think you're going to succeed at something? You're nothing. You can't even <laughs> get invited to a wedding. <laughs> we could make you an oil drill. <laughs> okay, that's not funny. Even in the 70s, that wasn't funny. That was stupid. But everybody's just laughing her ass off like he's like a fucking comedian. So and they're like, good one, Greg. <laughs> we can cover I mean, him during rainy season because it's this- California. It only <laughs> rains one day a year. This should show Bobby and Cindy how it's not that great to be older. It's not all it's cracked up to be because you basically stand around and make fun of people younger than you. That's all you do. So, (laughs) Scene 17. A moment later, Bobby and Cindy continue on the teeter-totter, all while the other kids continue to mock them. When all of a sudden, two strange men appear in their backyard where the children are playing alone, not ringing the doorbell (laughs) at the front door, but they just arrive in their backyard. Which I thought was strange. Yeah. <laughs> One of the men asks, is this the Brady house? Greg says, it sure is. And we're home alone, mister. No. <laughs> it sure is. Can I help you with something? One man says, my name is Winters. Daily Chronicle. Bobby says, hello, I'm Bobby Brady. Cindy says, and I'm Cindy Brady. Winters says, well, you're just who I'm looking for. Is your mom and dad around? Greg says, Yeah, they're all inside. What's this all about, Mr. Winters? Winters says, just covering a little news story, son. Marcia is surprised, asks, Cindy and Bobby are news? Winters says, sure, they're off to set a world record. Winters asks if they could speak to their parents. Peter runs off to get them. The other man with Winters has a camera and begins to set it up to take pictures. Winters goes on. How long have you kids been going at it? Marcia says, For about a year. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Bobby says, since three minutes after eight this morning. Winters looks at his watch and says, well, that's a pretty good start. Mm. Yeah, my note says, yeah, I bet they feel crunchy now, don't they? Talking about Greg (laughs) and Marsha and all them. Because you know how much they love being newspaper. (laughs) They think it's the coolest shit in the world. Um, Right. That's fine. And then my next note is now Greg and Marshall and all are going to be kissing their little asses. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I'm we the brother. Them. I support them. I bring them drinks. Get the fuck out of here. No, you don't. <laughs> so I noticed his last name is Winters. So is this Lucy Winters' dad, maybe? If so, he has no idea where his daughter plays sometimes. 
<laughs> well, he's the dad. He works. The mom probably knows. Oh, that's the like, Brady house. Yeah, you know he the didn't even, Yeah, is this the Brady house? Like, uh, well, you mean the one your daughter goes to all the time? Yes, it is. <laughs> like, and you know, my kids have been to your house before. Exactly, you know yeah. that, right? <laughs> Scene eighteen. Back in the kitchen, Mike walks in and says the smell could drive a man mad. Mm. Carol says, "Well." I may just have to put a little behind my ears. Mm. Peter runs in and pipes up and says, Mom, Dad, come on out. There's some guy here from the newspaper. They're taking pictures and everything. And he runs back out. Mike and Carol look at each other and follow behind him. Hmm. So, I mean, they just show up and they start taking pictures of the kids without <laughs> getting the permission first. Like, yeah, Mom, Dad, some some men just came in the backyard and started taking pictures of all of us. Yeah, I'm pretty sure even back in the 70s that was illegal. I don't think you can just go start taking pictures of little kids. Like, Not on personal property. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so weird. They just walk in the backyard. Like, who does that? <laughs> hey, kid, come here. Nope. <laughs> Want some pennies and jelly beans? <laughs> right. I'm just going to take a picture. Hold still. <laughs> now show me your muscles kid let me take a picture of that <laughs> do you have ab muscles let me see your ab muscles that's creepy as hell man hey you girls ticklish <laughs> scene 19 <laughs> back in the backyard the photographer is snapping some pics of cindy on the teeter-totter winters walks over to bobby and says you better be careful young man this is pretty ambitious setting a new world record Bobby assures him and says, we can do it. Winters now walks over to Cindy and asks, do you think you can do this young lady? Cindy <laughs> says, well, if Bobby does it, I can do it. We go up and down together. Winters smiles and writes in his notebook. <laughs> when he goes down, we both go down. <laughs> what? <laughs> Just then Jan, Mike and Carol come out. Winters walks over and introduces himself to Mike and Carol. He goes on to say, hope you don't mind us taking a few pictures of the children. Mike smiles and says, you mean this is news? Winters <laughs> says, sure. Great human interest stuff. Peter pipes up and says, we have a lot of human interest around here. My brother and I just fixed my sister's radio. Winters patronizes him and says, that's fine, son, but one story at a time. While the uh -huh. photographer snaps some pics of the family, Winter goes on. Winters goes on. I'm sure you're very proud of the of the two kids, Mrs. Brady. Carol begins to say, well, to tell you the truth, but notices Winters says as he takes notes, mother, very proud. Carol laughs and Winters goes on. I'm sure you're concerned too. Carol begins to answer, but is cut off by Winters writing in his notebook saying, mother, all family concerned. Mr. Winters thanks the Bradys and tells Bobby and Cindy good luck and starts to leave the backyard until Carol stops him and asks, could you tell me how you found out about this? Winters says, we got a phone call down at the paper. First thing this morning. Carol thanks them and they both leave. Mm -hmm. The family walks back over to Bobby and Cindy as they continue their quest. Mike walks up to Bobby and says, I wonder who called the paper this morning. Bobby says, we did. We figured the people ought to know about it. Cindy adds, yeah, even us little kids can do something important. Mike, confused, asks, important? Carol lights up and says, so that's what this is all about. 
Mike looks at her. Just then, Alice yells from the kitchen that spaghetti and meatballs is ready. Everybody heads into the house to eat, and Peter tells the two teeter-totterers, Boy, you guys are missing something good. Spaghetti and meatballs. Carol, in defense, says they're not missing a thing. I'm going to fix them something special, too. Alice, you're going to fix them something special, right? (laughs) Peter asks, how come they get that kind of service? Carol says, because they're getting a record and we don't want to spoil it, do we? Carol grabs Peter by the arm and they go inside, leaving Bobby and Cindy alone to totter. Hmm. I love how the the, uh, newspaper guy is spinning this article already. (laughs) (laughs) He's already twisting shit around, not listening to people. Right. Um, but I mean, Carol and Mike, they have to know that the kids aren't going to succeed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I kind of question why they, I don't know, like they're not maybe, and I know it's just a TV show, but why they're not encouraging the kids to just, you know, all that matters is the do the best job you can, you know, that kind of attitude instead of making them believe that they're actually going to break this record. <laughs> well, she did say, promise me you quit when soon as you're tired. So Yeah, but. I don't know. I mean, because because the kids can the part of I th- I feel like part of the reason the kids are doing this is because they know people don't believe them, right. and they know people are think they're full of shit and they're not gonna be able to do it. So at least you know Mike and Carol can mitigate that a little bit by a little bit by saying, you know, all that matters is you do the best job you can, you know. So just yeah. worry about you know set a goal and try to see if you can reach that and you know that whole speech. But I don't know. No, oh, yeah, that sounds about right. <clears throat> Scene twenty. At the dinner table, minus Bobby and Cindy, Greg Mm. says, Dad, why is setting a record such a big deal to him? Mike says, well, I think Cindy said it best. Little kids can do something important. Carol adds, and sometimes we all forget that. You know, kids want to be a part of things too. Sometimes we give them the brush off. Peter asks, you mean like trying to help fix a radio? Jan looks at Marsha and adds, or like the time we painted the chair. I like how she says it like it happened months ago. Remember that one time <laughs> we painted the chair? You mean today? Like <laughs> Greg sighs and says, well, I guess we all understand now. Alice, while eavesdropping on the conversation, interrupts the Brady family during their family dinner and says, <laughs> Bobby and Cindy really made their point. Mike looks down at his glass and notices it half full and looks back at Alice and back at his glass and back at Alice. <laughs> no, he didn't. No, no, he didn't. Alice, no. I'm sorry. Are you done with work now? Well, funny. I've, I've been sitting here, you know, waiting for this ice to melt so I have something to drink. And the whole time, you're just... You're just standing there, eavesdropping, listening to our conversation. It's funny how that works. Maybe maybe you sit in my chair, Alice, and I'll go get myself something to drink. That way you won't miss the conversation. You know, because that's important. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you sit down. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to ruin your conversation. You know, I'll get my own drink. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Mike Mike says, yeah, no matter how hard they try to break their record, one thing is bound to stop them. (laughs) 
<sighs> why is why is Greg and Mike talking with their mouths full at the beginning of the scene? Like, did they I just turn know. into fucking slobs all of a sudden? I don't know. Like they both sit there like, like what the, what the hell is wrong with you? You're supposed to be the brainies. Why are you talking with your mouth full? <laughs> and also, I, I love how how much confidence Mike has in his kids. Well, <laughs> you know something's gonna fuck it up. Like, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> Uh, scene 21. Later that night, we see Bobby and Cindy still going at it, but very sleepy, yawning, and barely going up and down. Sounds like my honeymoon. Hi, <laughs> 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 All right, sorry. Alice and Carol come out and give them both yellow sweaters. For some reason, they're both yellow. <laughs> so they're wearing matching shoes and yellow sweaters. That's awesome. <laughs> they were inside. They were like, let's grab him some sweaters. Okay. I guess. And Mike grabs like the yellow one. No, I have yellow. You need to grab yellow. <laughs> the yellow one. Because <laughs> they're whispering because, I don't know, something about the Brady house or the Brady family. If it's dark out, you have to whisper. Exactly. Yeah. Which we see in this scene. <laughs> okay. Um. Anyway, they both have yellow sweaters to wear to keep them warm. Later, Mike and Carol are sitting at the patio table watching them, and Carol says, they sure are giving it everything they got. <laughs> Just then, Bobby puts his head down, and Cindy wakes him up and says, she whispers because it's dark out, Bobby, Bobby, wake up. <laughs> Bobby wakes up and says, huh, who's sleeping? <laughs> Maybe you better take a nap, and I'll take one later, okay? Cindy puts her head down, and Bobby pushes on. A while later, Mike and Carol are still watching them. Bobby falls asleep now while Cindy is still out. Mike and Carol get up and walk over to them and pull them both off the teeter-totter and take them to bed. Hmm. Dick move. Yeah. It's so funny how when you try to wake somebody up, you whisper. Tack. <laughs> Tack, wake up. Bitch, like, you whisper ain't gonna wake me up? Like, why do you think alarm clocks are loud? Come on now. <laughs> And, yeah, and it's a good point. They do whisper in the backyard, like, like yeah. you might wake up the sun. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But wouldn't their butts be sore? Like, I, I, they, wouldn't I'm they sure. have like in motorcycling? They call it monkey butt. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. wouldn't they have like monkey butt? You know, where you you've sweated a little bit and your underwear is sticking to your ass, yeah, and then well. your pants are all crinkled up and stuff, and you got to stand there a wedge for a minute when you first stand up because they've been standing up literally all day on a on a piece of wood. Yeah. So they'd probably have some chafing going on the inside of their legs, you know. Um, yeah. But I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of disappointed they didn't last longer. I mean, don't get me wrong; yeah. it's impressive from eight o'clock in the morning till probably. I mean, you're looking at probably a good ten or eleven hours that they lasted, maybe, maybe longer. Longer than that, I, I imagine, because it's probably like ten or eleven o'clock. So you're talking like fourteen oh, okay. hours, maybe fifteen hours, probably. That's pretty good, especially for their age. But I was kind of yeah. disappointed. I was kind of hoping that they would have that moment. You know, a validation where everybody wakes up the next morning and they jump up to check, and then Cindy and Bobby are still out there fucking teeter tottering. Like just that moment where it's like seven in the morning and they're still they've lasted twenty four hours. You know, they're like yes. Yeah. You know, I, don't know. I, I wanted to see him at least go all night. Yeah. You know. Oh well. Uh, <clears throat> scene twenty two. The next day, the paper comes out with Bobby and Cindy's picture in it. Oh, yeah. Mike Carroll, Jan and Peter are admiring it. Peter says, boy, they got in the paper. Carol smiles and says, well, that's what they wanted. 
Micro, well, no, they wanted to break a record more. <laughs> yeah. like, what the fuck is she talking about? Um, Mike reads the article. Bobby and Cindy Brady set out to break the world teeter-totter record. They began their assault on the record at 8.03 in the morning. And as of the taking of this, ex- these exclusive photographs, the two have been teetering and or tottering for several hours. The current record is held by Ralph Nelson, 19, and Alan Rudolph, 20, with slightly over 124 hours. The young Bradys feel that the record is within their grasp. I tried to read that like, you know. Um, All officially. like. Yeah. Oh, since you stopped her quickly, like I don't like how the, the article says they've been going for several hours. As of like these pictures were taken, they have been teeter-tiring for several hours. Like, you know, wouldn't you like to read like, well, how long? Like several exactly. was did they, three hours? You know they're never going to follow up. <laughs> no, it's like, well, how long did they go? Right. And like, how long was it? So you could say going on eight hours and 27 minutes, you know, exactly, yeah. something in there, you know? Um, and I wonder if um, Alan Rudolph is um, the guy's son that created the show. Oh, Oscar Rudolph? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just then, Bobby and Cindy come walking down the stairs and Bobby asks, do you guys know what time we fell asleep last night? Right. Cindy says, you could have woken us up. Mike says, before you get too upset, take a look at this morning's paper. Bobby and Cindy see the article and light up. Bobby says, wow, we're famous. Carol adds, you know, we really are proud of you too. Bobby says, thanks, but we didn't set the record. Mike thinking says, well, wait a minute. Maybe you did. How old were these guys that, that you saw on television? Bobby thinks for a second and says, real old, like in college. <laughs> Mike rolls his eyes and asks, well, what's the record for kids your age? Cindy says, I don't think there is one. Mike says, well, there you are. You set a record. They both smile and Bobby says, hey, yeah, we really did. Carol declares, I proclaim Cindy and Bobby Brady, junior teeter-totter champions of the world. They all cheer. Yay! Just then the phone rings. Carol gets up to get it. It's Carol's cousin, Gertrude. After talking for a moment, Carol puts Gertrude on hold and says to Bobby and Cindy, uh, cousin Gertrude would like to know if you two celebrities would like to come to the wedding. Mm-hmm. Bobby says, who wants to go to a dumb old wedding? Mm. Cindy says, I sure don't. Carol gets back on the phone and says, sorry, Gertrude. Our two celebrities are all booked up. Mm. She thanks her and hangs up. Cindy looks at Bobby and says, come on, Bobby. Let's try to break some other kind of record. Bobby smiles and says, yeah, come on. Mm. And they both exit the room. Jan looks at Mike and says, I thought they wanted to go to the wedding. Mike says, nah, but it's always nice to be asked. Peter pipes up and says, come on, Jan, we can break a record, too. We can't let them two kids beat us out, and they both exit. Hmm. Mike and Carol laugh, and Mike says, I don't think we can stand two world records in one week. Carol says, what do you mean? Mike says, well, there's a teeter-totter world record, Carol says, in the second. Mike says, Gertrude, anybody that spent 25 years shopping for a husband, that's got to be some kind of record. <laughs> Alice is now seen having heard this. She chimes in and says, hold it, folks. It's not a record yet. I am still <laughs> in the competition. And she walks off as Mike and Carol 
Just laugh at her. <laughs> now, my notes that we had talked about this before we started. That that picture actually looks like the picture that the guy took of Cindy in the scene. Oh yeah, no, it does, and it, it looks did. exactly like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of agree with them. Um, the parents could have helped more. I kind of agree with Bobby and Cindy. Yeah, I mean they could have at least been rooting them on. Like, come on, guys, you can do. It. You know what I mean? Within reason. Yeah. Um. Sure. Why wouldn't Guinness uh, recognize that them as kids? Like, and I know, I know they had to be present, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, if they were to talk to Guinness, I'm sure Guinness would say, we can do a youth world record. Like, are you kidding? Yeah. It's somebody that, you know, the longest mm-hmm. teeter tottering record held by two nine year olds, you know? Right. Um, and fuck that wedding. I wouldn't want to go either. <laughs> oh, I know. Like now they're celebrities. Now yeah. they're invited. Fucking like, two faced. Like, Gertrude. <laughs> Yeah. You go to your fucking wedding. It's like funny. You didn't want me to go a minute ago, but now that I'm in the paper, you want me to go so I could be the talk of your little fucking party? No, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, I am kind of pissed that the parents weren't a little more pushy with it. You know, like like if they fall asleep, like I would have gotten the hose out and like spray them like, ah, wake up, you know, go and get a record to beat, <laughs> you know. And if they fall asleep again, okay. But if you pull them off, look at the time and mark it, you know, like, okay, boom. Mm-hmm. Exactly like eleven twenty seven, you know. Yeah, they could now be you su- know. They could be supportive parents. They could be like, listen, if you don't be this record, I'm gonna beat your little ass. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? Like they could do that. I know, and it's like and they even come downstairs, the first thing they say is what time do we get off? You know, because they want to know. So like what do we have to beat next time? Exactly. And they're yeah. like, oh, I don't fucking know, but look at the paper, you know, like trying to distract them and shit. Like you couldn't fucking tell me what time it was. Like, <laughs> that's fucked up. They should have they should have lit a fire on their asses. I mean, I like, it. no, for real. Like, seriously, literally put a little fire underneath each other. Under yeah. Because <laughs> then as soon as they went down, I'm like, ah, they go back up again. <laughs> they push it back up. Dad, That's please. Like, and we're is falling that, into, like, saw hours territory. Yet? What's that? <laughs> falling into saw territory <laughs> at that point. <laughs> oh, that's fucked up. All right. All right. Scene 23. It's after the wedding and everyone is coming home f- through the front door for some reason. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's almost like they only come in through the door, like where the cameras are. <laughs> yeah. It'd be funny if the cameras like, oh shit, we're in the wrong door. Well, that's the same thing that, uh, that's the big joke on family ties. You only oh, get yeah. a visitor at the door at whatever room they're in. Like you have <laughs> yeah, people true, that yeah. come to that kitchen, back kitchen door. Like, what? Well, plus the kitchen what? is on the same wall. That door's on the same wall as the front door. <laughs> No, and they have to walk through like a utility room, like where the washer and dryers to yeah, get yeah, to yeah. that kitchen door. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are people coming and knocking on that door? It's weird. And then somehow the garage is between the kitchen and the living room, but there's no room for a garage. <laughs> I don't so, know. I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, everyone except Bobby and Cindy, of course, are coming home. Right. Alice asks Mike and Carol, How was the wedding? Carol says, Oh, Alice, it was simply beautiful. Mike adds, it just goes to prove somewhere, sometime, there's a mate for anybody. Alice says, oh, that's good to know. Mike goes on. Alice, you wouldn't believe it. Fat, bald, wrinkled, thick, scraggly mustache. You should have seen the groom. Wow. <laughs> Mike <laughs>, laughs at his own joke. And Carol says, Mike, I told you, and chases him off out of the living room. Did Carol Maybe, cut her? I don't know mullet? if I said that right, but it should have been like, and then you should have seen the groom. But anyway, did did Carol cut her mullet? Oh, I didn't notice. 
I, she may have had it like in a little a little mullet ponytail or something, but or like <laughs> a little mullet bun. But I think she it almost looked like she cut her mullet. But in the next episode, we see she didn't cut her mullet. So, um, oh yeah. And what the fuck is up with Mike's shirt? I did kind of see that. Was it was just like was it flowery or something? Well, like no, that? he had like these shoulder things that oh, the way no, I understood that they're used like if you're going to have some kind of like backpack or sling over your shoulder they're like to snap things on the shoulder to keep it on your shoulder almost like if you're in the military and you have that little rope thing that goes across your shoulders oh yeah, yeah the yeah. little thing that it goes underneath on your shoulder it's almost like he had those gotcha like shoulder flap things that button or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. gotcha i don't know hmm. all right scene 24 mm-hmm. later we see greg and peter in the backyard throwing the football back and forth greg is coaching peter on better ways to throw it Marsha and Jan walk into the backyard, and Marsha says, I thought Cousin Gertrude's wedding was so romantic. Jan agrees and says, yeah, it was just like a movie with all those flowers and everything. Just then the football lands in front of Jan, and she picks it up. Greg and Peter come running over. Marsha goes on, did you see that veil and gown? They were perfect for her. Peter says, you two are still talking about that dumb wedding. Jan says, it wasn't dumb. Marsha adds, it was beautiful. Greg rolls his eyes and begins to do an impression impression of an officiant or Dr. Phil. And, <laughs> and says, it sounds like Dr. Phil. And says, do you take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife? Peter joins in the fun and says, yes, sir, I do. No, oh, is it guy? Oh, is it the guy? Yes, sir, I do. <laughs> Greg goes on. And do you take this man to be your lawfully wedded husband? Peter's pitch. Peter pitches up his voice and says, yes, sir. I take this man to be my husband. <laughs> Greg says, you may now kiss the bride. Peter says in falsetto right here in front of everybody. Greg laughs and runs off with Peter. <laughs> Jan says, very funny. Marcia says, boys, who needs them? Jan questions with sincerity. Yeah. Who needs them? Marsha laughs and says, well, I guess we we do if we're going to get married. Ooh, that's her brothers. <laughs> that's fucking gross. Jan says, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and they both laugh and walk off. <laughs> I, I think you missed my joke I was putting in there. What's that? Because uh, Marsha says, boys, who needs them? Jan questions with sincerity. <laughs> she goes, yeah, who needs them? And Marsha laughs and says, I guess we do if we want to get married. And Jen says, oh, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> is, that why she, is that why Jan looked at Marsha and was like, yeah, <laughs> who needs them? And then her eyes locked. Exactly. She gets all close to her. <laughs> exactly. Who needs them? She's we like, do if we don't want to get married, silly. Duh. Like, I didn't know I that. Know. I, like, I, like, I was just going to say that. I wasn't going to make out with you. That's gross. <laughs> um. My only note is, oh, my God, Greg and Peter are so funny. <laughs> I feel like there's not sincerity there, Jimmy. Was I don't understand the, the writers on this, man. They Do they really think kids are going to sit around and tell these fucking lame jokes? Like, they're dumb. <laughs> they were dumb in the 70s. They're dumb now. Like, it's not funny. Like, oh, well, anyways. And that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. Right. Cool. So, what'd you think? That was an interesting episode. It wasn't too bad. Fine as wine, kind of chatty, you know what I mean? Hmm. 
I do know what you mean. You do know what I mean. You do do know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jimmy. So I have an email to Uh, read. Okay. Okay. Now, this is a long one, first of all. Okay. And we'll just hold your applause to the end. Is it a bad one? It's a bad one, isn't it? Uh, no, yeah, it's a bad one. It's a bad no, but, one. I can tell. Okay, just wait till. Just wait. We'll see. Uh, I'll show you. You'll see. Okay. So it says, <clears throat> "This one's from Ed." By the way, it says, "Hi, Tack. I found about your Brady Bunch podcast <clears throat> due to recently posted episode on getting Davy Jones. It was posted on Zilch Monkeys podcast Facebook page. It's okay. a interesting. No, I didn't know that. Hmm, all right." So I decided to check your podcast out from the beginning. I've only listened to one and three-fourths of an episode and felt compelled to write you. Uh-oh. Now, remember, this is the first episode he's talking about. Okay. Actually, in the whole email, he's referring to the first, I think, two episodes. Oh, um, of the podcast ever? Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. I'm aware of that it takes a great deal of time and money to record these podcasts. So I wonder why you would expend so much time on something you obviously do not love. The first episode was jarring in that you chose your first guest, which was Ron, as someone who hated the Brady Bunch. (laughs) Why? (laughs) The Brady Bunch is one of the most endearing and yet quirky TV sitcoms of all time. It is classic. The first comment that the show was not reflecting its times, 1969, middle of Vietnam, civil rights, women's lib, and for some reason using all in the family as the guide for what was happening. Are you telling me that every household in America in 1969 had hippie kids going to Woodstock, dropping acid, protesting, and so forth? Sure, a lot of that, sure, a lot of that on, but just like happy days reflected uh, normally family, normal family life in the 50s. The Bradys reflected similar as we were going into the 70s. Sure, they were square, but as the series grew, all the children, I'm sorry, all the characters developed some social conscious. The Bradys were groundbreaking in that they were the first true blended family, which I mentioned several times, and the concerns of how I'm sorry, I'm having trouble reading. It's really small writing, and I need my glasses. Actually, I have my glasses. Oh, shit, that's so much better. Okay. The Bradys were groundbreaking in that they were the first blended family, which I mentioned several times on the show, um, and how it was going to work was felt by not only the parents, but the kids as well. Hence the stress over the advice column in Dear Libby, which is the other episode. I honestly do not understand what is so hysterically funny. Go back and listen to yourselves and berating Alice because she wanted to be involved, but needed to be objective and a fair and fair to both Carol and Mike. Was that fun for you? (laughs) Alice was a part of the family. She was not just an employed maid. I also suggest that, and perhaps you have done so in later episodes, get to know the material, watch the show a few times, read more than just Wikipedia entry for the Brady bunch. There are many good websites and Facebook groups and books on the Brady Bunch. If this is supposed to be some kind of ironic joke, then perhaps the joke is on me. But but damn, do something you really want to do rather than try to spoil something that is loved by so many people. I will keep listening 
and will look forward to see how it grows. I'm curious about how other fans have responded to this podcast. Yours truly, Ed, and he's from Long Island. Hmm. Okay. So I did respond to him. Um, okay. I was like, hey, um, I appreciate you checking out the show. Um, and I appreciate your feedback. And I have seen, we have gotten a couple of messages similar to this, but mostly we received good reviews and like people enjoy the show. And no, we're not. We love the show. <laughs> we love the Brady Bunch. And then again, I also reminded him too, you're listening to first season, which is way different than season two and three. I was like, listen to something a little bit later. I told him that I added you, Jimmy. I was like, I added my lifelong friend Jimmy as a co-host and people have loved it since he's been on the show. Um, so if, check out some season three episodes and tell me what you think. Right and, uh, you know, I basically tell him like, look, we're not making fun of me. We do love it. It's similar to, I said, this is kind of like uh, an older brother who picks on their little brother. There's still love there, but still they right. just kind of poke fun at it, you know? Um, and he was very receptive and he, he responded back. He was like, I gotcha. That's cool. I think I understand a little bit more. And he goes, I'm going to keep listening. I'll check out some newer episodes. Um, and then we'll keep in touch. And he was overall, I mean, it was a good, good conversation we had back and forth. Right. Um, so, but he did have some concerns, but then again, he's listening to season one. Um, so what are your thoughts? We, we do, uh, we are pretty hard on the show. I understand that. But like we've said many times, um, this, this is a lot of work to do this, you know, and, and I have a full-time job and you have a full-time job and I'm a business owner and you're a business owner. And quite frankly, we don't have time to, and we're dads. <laughs> yeah. And we're dads. Quite frankly, we're dads. Each of us have three kids. Um, and quite frankly, we don't have time to just like fuck around making fun of a show. Like we don't have time for that. Like that's not what we're doing. Um, we're trying to, <clears throat> we're trying to commentate about the show, you know, through 2021 eyes um, right. and how the show holds up and things that are kind of silly and don't make sense and everything. Um, just, you know, from a newer voice, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I always, it always kind of stings a little when people are like, oh, you must not like the show. Why would I waste this much time? <laughs> if I didn't like this, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, they obviously right. don't understand how much work this is. <clears throat> exactly. Um, and he understands. Um, he said, uh, in another response, he said, uh, he goes, thanks for your response. Um, he said, I have been listening to more episodes from the first season and then skip to getting David Jones episode. I hear what you refer to uh, concerning, concerning change in the podcast. As a fan of the Brady Bunch from its inception and the Partridge family, I do tend to be proactive and perhaps overprotective of these shows. <laughs> I totally get it, man. If they were making fun of like, like, um, um, you can't do that on television, you know, or if they were making fun of like Mr. Wizard, you'd get all pissed off. About it. <laughs> right, so I totally right. get it. Yeah. And he says, um, that was reflected in my original email to you. So I apologize for being too harsh. He goes, I will continue listening and hearing how the podcast grows. I would be interested in how you cover the various reunions in movies. Mm, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I told him like, yeah, we are going to be doing all that. So right yeah. on. Well, Ed, if you're at all, I mean, first of all, we, we wholeheartedly genuinely appreciate emails like this. <clears throat> it's emails like this that have gotten us, you know, the difference you're seeing from season one to season three, it's emails like this that have gotten us from season one to season three. 
Uh, so we yeah. really wholeheartedly do appreciate emails like this. I know it, it may seem counterintuitive. It may seem like we don't like it. And we may seem like we may have the, uh, if we're this harsh on the Brady bunch, you probably think we're going to be really harsh on emails, but it's the opposite. We try to take, um, you know, notes into consideration. That's the only way we're going to get better. So we really do appreciate it. And, you know, like mm-hmm. I tell all the, the email people, um, if you're at all interested in trying to be on a show, we're more than more than happy to try to work it out to get you on. Even if it's like just an audio clip that you want to send in about a specific episode, go for yeah. it. Like we're always, you know, down for that kind of stuff. For sure. Yeah. All right. So let's read a little disclaimer. We had a good time here today. Don't be offended. We do love the show as much as Ed disbelieves, but we do. And we're not racist or sexist. <laughs> oh, that's another thing, Ed, is we're probably going to refer to you back just in a joking way, the same way we do the show and everything like that. So, yeah. <laughs> so just if you hear your name, it's not because it, it's not ill, it's ill-mannered. It's, it's you know, in love and all that kind of stuff. So Right. We love the Brady Bunch. We poke yeah. fun of the Brady Bunch. Right. So, and <laughs> so it, is, um, it is endearing. We would also um, personally like to thank our producers uh, from Patreon. Without you, mm-hmm. this could not be possible. And, of course, to our um, OPs. 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 Jim. Yep. Um, but also, uh, you guys have homework assignments. Also, you hold do. on tech, do we, to backtrack a little bit. Do we have any new Patreon people since? We do not. No. Okay. I, 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 just, I skimmed over that. I want to make sure I wouldn't cut you off. No. Okay. Homework assignments. If you choose to accept it. Check, Check out. out the oh sorry oh sorry you usually it's good. No, Check no. out the website. No, no, you go. <laughs> sorry, like, why don't you sit down at the table? I'll go get my own drink. <laughs> Check out the website at everybrodypodcast.com. Do a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, and Castbox. Tell two friends about the show, or like Jimmy says, tell two enemies if you don't like it. Send an email to the show and tell us how you like or dislike the show at everybrodypodcast.com, just like Ed did. Well, you can do it there, but uh, the web, the email is podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. But you can also do it from the website, too. Yes. Join the Facebook group and join in on the conversation and the fun, which is a very Brady Facebook group. If you would like to be a producer, check out the Patreon, www.patreon.com slash Podcast. You get all kinds of cool stuff when you do it. It's kind of yeah, neat. you do. All kinds of merch. Check out the Instagram at Podcast. Follow us on Facebook and get updates. That's right. Speaking of which, I just posted something this morning, our new release days, which you already know because this episode now are now dropping on Tuesdays. Yes. And most importantly, go watch the Brady Bunch, yes. including our next episode, which Jimmy's going to tell you all about it. On the next episode, season two, I'm sorry, season three, episode 15, Big Little Man. Bobby is fed up with being short still, apparently. Um Still. Well, yeah, because he was Still. being little in this one too. Like it kind well, of referenced. This one him. was all about teeter tottering. Yeah, but it was all the reason they were teeter tottering is because oh, you know, they were too small to do were, this, too small to do that. I gotcha. I gotcha. Go ahead. Um, um, let's see. Bobby is fed up with being short and constant. Excuse me, constantly being called Pee Wee and Shrimpo. Ah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <Pee> Wee. Um, <laughs> and Greg gets a job as a delivery boy for Sam the Butcher. All right, that sounds impelling and exciting. Yes, I can't does. wait. All right, anything else? I don't believe so. All right. Well, on that note, I have been Jimmy. And I've been Tack. And this has been the Very Brady Podcast. And we will see you on another Sunshine Day. Keys Moten. Hey, thanks so much for stopping by and checking out the show. And come on back here for new episodes every Monday. Every 
Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. It helps the show out tremendously. Head on over to AVeryBradyPodcast.com to check out past guests. And maybe you wonder what Jimmy and I look like, but, you know, it's not as good as you think, so don't get too excited. And you can contact us at AVeryBradyPodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email and we'll read it on the show. And also head on over to the merch store at tpublic.com. The link is in the description below. And don't forget to join the Facebook group. It's called A Very Brady Facebook Group. And also there's a like page for the show as well called A Very Brady Podcast. So join in on the fun. Join in on the conversation. Post memes. Do whatever you want. Just don't be a racist dick. And be sure to also check out the Patreon page. If you enjoy the show, give a donation and become a patron. We'd certainly appreciate it. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash a very Brady podcast. Until then, this has been a very Brady podcast and have a sunshine day. You've been listening to a fourth hand joint.